You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. This is The List and your boy, number 179. I always wondered what it would be like to get here, Jimmy. Just like 178 and 177. Every week, that's what you say. Every week, and that's it, what you say. And I always wonder, man, what's what's 179 going to be like? What's 180 <laughs> going to be like? Uh-huh. It's wild. So, uh, listen, you boy. Leave a thumbs up. Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube.com slash Fightful. But we are on podcast platforms everywhere i mean everywhere but hey if you're wondering why the hell isn't this in my subscription box why isn't this here why isn't it there always go to fightfulpods.com we have collected all the podcasts you can stream it there you can download it there you can watch it there that goes for every show i mean every show also we have a really badass shoot interviews section over there too that i'm constantly adding stuff to but yeah, guys, if you're watching live on YouTube.com slash Fightful, leave us a thumbs up and subscribe and donate a super chat to get your question or statement read on the air. I'll remind you a couple more times. But Jimmy, how are you? Doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. I'm going to win Quizzlemania again today. Uh, you know. That's why I have to do this stupid time slot. I, I was telling Sean off the air, I think one of the things that I hate the most in life right now is the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. Because it doesn't work for me at all. I'm always scrambling, and I just, it just, I don't like it. And uh, I'm doing it strictly for the benefit of Sean Ross Sapp. I'm doing this for you. Yeah, not not for That's the benefit why. of our subscribers or anything no. like that. I mean, my no. God, it, our subscribers jump up every time I'm on there because they want to see the Dong Lord in action. And Jimmy, you you were you were mad. You were I'm mad. mad. You're mad because mad. we put out a Dong Lord shirt. And immediately 20 people said, oh, I'll order it. <laughs> We've got to. Right. You were yeah. trying to wag on your finger like, like I'm the one who didn't buy the shirt. Oh, it's your fault. It's your fault. On, on the podcast, uh, I said, I'm only going to do this stupid shirt if we can get at least 20 sales out of it. Everybody in the live chat said, I'll buy one. I'll buy one. We've sold two. So I told Sean, if we don't at least hit that mark, it's coming down. Oh, my my heart weeps for such a situation. Head over to shop.fightful.com. Get that King Senpai Dong Lord shirt. It is a beauty. It's available in multiple colors, Jimmy. (laughs) That's nice. And it's a beauty. That's good, too. It is a beauty. uh, Yeah. I want to start by talking about the Ugandan giant. 
mm-hmm. uh, a.k.a. the Ugandan headhunter, a.k.a. James Harris. And you know what's kind of unintentionally interesting is that Joe Biden's vice presidential candidate is Kamala Harris. Oh, I know. When, when I Isn't first that heard, interesting? When I first heard her, her name in politics, I was like, was that inspired by something? Was that- Isn't that crazy, really? Because I've seen uh, uh, James Harris. I've seen, you know, obits and stuff. Yeah. And they, they referred him as James Kamala Harris. Yes. And I just think, isn't that interesting that it worked that way? But uh, uh, he passed away. The Cauliflower Alley Club announced it, that he passed away at the age of 70. Apparently, complications from diabetes. I had heard uh, in a couple of places complications from COVID, but I saw the GoFundMe page where they said complications from diabetes. Supposedly, his Uh, wife's telling people that it was complications of covid which it can be both i mean that's that's the right. that's the thing of complications and a lot of people are like oh, well they, they said covid but it was actually well complications oh where's the glasses guys. when you do that i like the glasses when they're you right do that. here oh i'll give you i'll give you a little sneak peek i have some special glasses for quizlemania oh do you brad hart are they actual brad hart sunglasses no, I mean they're they're not they're replicas. But replicas. Little little okay. taste of what people I can, can get see. Get you the real thing. I know a guy. I can Do get you? you the real thing. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you can get us a legal threat after that too. Yeah, it might because he he might deny that that's his too. He might, even though they will be amazing. But uh, anyway, so uh, Kamala, um, I think his story was pretty well known in terms of he had had high blood pressure and he had diabetes and he had to get both legs amputated as a result. Hadn't been in great health for a while. Um, seventies, you know, he had a good life, no question, but, uh, you know, it was still cut short to a degree, I think, but you want to talk about one of the all time great characters. His story is awesome. Yeah. Kamala's story is great. Here's a guy from Mississippi, Sean. He was a truck driver before he got into pro wrestling. He's from Mississippi. He goes to a, to a, a show promoted by Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler has this idea for this, you know, African warrior character, they filmed the first big net from Jerry Jarrett's backyard, I think it was, uh, and used dry ice to pretend that it was like, you know, uh, uh, fog or something coming from yeah. like the African, you know, jungle. And what a run he had. Like he, he, he had a run for over 10 years. You want to talk about longevity. He worked on top with Hulk Hogan in the WWF. He worked on top with The Undertaker like almost 10 years after the first run with Hogan. Yeah. He was on top in world-class wrestling. Uh, he had a great run, great character. He was one of those guys that even if you weren't a pro wrestling fan, if you saw his picture, you probably recognized him. Yeah, you know, and, he was one of those guys. And if you saw him in in his nineties run, I think he was well over forty at that point. Right, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And not only that, but first off, I'll say this: the character, looking back, incredibly fucking racist. <laughs> incredibly, it would never fly today. But no. No, especially today, people would know that it's a Mississippi guy today. Yeah. And so you could never get away with it, no. But also an inspiration to a lot of characters. I mean, there there were going to be characters that, that drew off of, of that and the savage character, so to speak. But quite frankly, super influential and helpful to All Japan Pro Wrestling and ECW because there was a guy by the name of Uganda who was like giant Kamala, who was like yes. the, the, the second Kamala. Second Kamala. And, and he had a, a run in all Japan. I mean, he was there for several years running ve- the same gimmick, and he popped up on on ECW for for a cup of coffee as well. But I mean, like the second Kamala was in all Japan for like a decade. 
Right. So and, and was was pushed pretty well. So I mean, to even though that his his presence wasn't necessarily felt over here, the inspiration of that character and and what Kamala did was uh, was felt for a long time. And then we saw Kamala in WCW in the Dungeon of Doom. Oh, yes, wasn't yes. all good. It wasn't all good, but. Um, I, I think his last WWF match would have been the gimmick battle Royal. I think he popped up in that too, but I have a vivid memory. I remember being an 11 year old kid and, uh, we had one of the big old satellite dishes. And so I used to be able to get the Madison square garden shows every month. Mm-hmm. And I have a vivid memory of Kamala and George, the animal steel. And this is when they were building Kamala for a match with Hogan. And at that time, you might remember George, the animal steel. He didn't lose very much. You know, he, he yeah. didn't lose very often. Matter of fact, WrestleMania 2, him and, and Macho Man Randy Savage, he kicked out of the top rope elbow, George Animal Steel. Yeah. So he didn't lose very often, and Kamala annihilated him. Like, I crushed him. And I remember watching that thinking, oh, he's going to kick Ogan's ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? As an 11-year-old kid. So, uh, no, he had a great run. He was a great character, and uh, my condolences to his family. Yeah, we have a few super chats. Throwback twenty seven. Make sure you guys check out him on Tuesdays. He did a show with Rob this week. He says, "Good luck today, Sean." With sports places having bubble spots like NHL, NBA, and WWE, I should say WWE does not have a bubble. Uh, they NBA has a bubble, and when I mean a bubble, nobody goes in or out. That that's hockey it. too. Hockey yeah, too. hockey too. Uh, WWE does not. Uh, but he says. Uh, that show is working with AEW being to WCW talent, uh, having so bringing in so much WCW talent. Do you think changes are needed in AEW to prevent them from having a COVID spike? I'm a little confused by that question, but uh, I think he's I, talking about because of the ages of the veterans, like the ages go. of Blanchard and uh, and Arn Anderson, and what they what they've been doing so far is working. Yeah, it's been working. I mean, the the testing is not perfect, but it's a hell of a lot better than the temperature checks, which is all WWE did for the longest time. So I think they're doing what they can. The rapid test, again, is not perfect, but they're yeah. doing what they can. And uh, are they making guys sign waivers in AEW? Uh, I don't know. I'll find out, though. Okay, because if I was Tony Khan, and we're going to talk more about him in a few minutes, but if I was Tony Khan and you've got Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard and Jake the Snake Roberts and Dime Dallas Page strolling around, I'm they're signing waivers yeah. in my company. You know what I mean? But, Throwback. Uh, Throwback also says, congrats on Fightful Gaming. That is not, like, completely done yet. That's just a, a pipe dream right now. But I wanted to collect the stories about gaming because gaming is getting so big. There's no reason why we shouldn't collect the game content that we do. That's good for sponsors. That's good for a lot of things. I do not know what we're going to be doing there. I do not know what we're streaming. Like People are sending me first-person shooters and stuff. It doesn't really fit the profile of what we're doing. I mean, if it gets so big that we don't have a choice... Maybe, but like there, everybody keeps sending this stuff. All I did was post a thumbnail, guys. That, that's it. I and, should also point out if you notice that I got a bit of a raspy voice today. Yeah. A couple of days ago, I'm laying on the bed and my three year old jumped in the air and landed knees first across my throat. He so RVD'd you. It was almost like a reverse Ricky Steamboat, you know, except for instead of me hitting the barricade, his knees hit me in the throat. No, he RVD so, Triple H'd you from Elimination Chamber. Right, that's right. I forgot about that. That's exactly what he did. Oh, my God. Was yeah, it a five-star so I've, frog I've splash? been talking like this for a few days. Well, from, from, from my vantage point looking up, I couldn't tell exactly how the form <laughs> was, but I know how the landing went. Oh, man. So. Uh, Hannah Moore says, I didn't know the shirt was up, so I'll go buy it. Shop.fightful.com, Donglord, 
Jobber JJ four nine six Oli Davis number one fan TM says Mantar movement hashtag jam that jam. Can we get a a hashtag FTF out of you, Jimmy? Can we get you to say the full thing? Can we get a fuck that fuck out of you? So you continue to crank out some pretty big interviews this week. Yeah. You got Matt Cardona and you got Jeff Cobb and you got FTR. You're yeah. doing pretty good, man. How's that Sting interview coming along? Well, I might be able to get Stang, which is the version that was on Talking Chopamania in which Heath Slater was dressed up as. Uh, I got NWO Sting a couple months back. Remember. That yeah, one's on there. Remember. Evan yeah. Wright uh, brought – man, I didn't even know this. Jericho donating 5K and paying off Kamala's mortgage. Jesus. Very cool of them, man. That's very, very cool. cool of them. Very cool of them. Yep. Throwback says, Kamala was the first casket match ever and set the precedent on what a casket match should be. He will be missed. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was the first one that I remember. I can't remember if there were any other ones, but. Was Yoko before that or after? After, I guess, right? I. 93, and I think uh, Kamala was 92. I don't I think. think it was 93. The casket match would have been like 94 for Yokozuna. Yeah, oh, Undertaker okay. and Kamala was Survivor Series 92. Cause you know, I, I remember Kamala. So, you know, again, the first run, he was he was booked as this, like, just scary monster heel with Hogan. Yeah. With Undertaker, he, he his facial expressions, he started to get a little bit more cartoonish. And I remember SummerSlam 92 when uh, Kamala lays him out, leaves the ring, turns around to go back to the ring. When he does, Taker sits up. Yes. And Kamala got a look on his face, you know, and I just remember thinking he's a different character now, but he's also, you know, by that point past his prime. So, you know. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. Chris Rain says, can't wait for Quizlemania tonight. Hashtag FTF. Our dude, Wild Boy. I am so glad to see him back. He's had some loss in his life. He says, bought my Dong Lord shirt last night. Needed a <laughs> smile in my life. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Isn't that something? Well, you know, grappling with grief is all about overcoming adversity and channeling it into positivity. So maybe for him, he channeled it by buying a Dong Lord shirt, Sean. I mean, that's that's the right thing to do. I, I tried to pull up your image, but I realized I hadn't resized it. I'm just going to resize it on the fly. Why not? That's what we're here to do. We're awesome. here. We're here to resize images in the middle of a podcast. Bam! There you go, guys. We're 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 complete professionals. We are, of course. Yeah. That's that's what so, we do here. Uh, you mentioned Chris Jericho, so I guess that's a good segue oh, to Mr. Yeah. Jericho. So uh, this past week, his band played several concerts. Fozzie, of course, played several concerts in North Dakota and South Dakota. Yeah, He went on his uh, podcast there, Saturday Night Special, on YouTube defending the decision to run these shows. Oh. And the first thing that he said was there, are, there were low COVID cases in those states, North Dakota and South Dakota. He said that the venues were either outside or at half capacity. Uh, and he said that they handed out masks at the door and they did temperature checks. We already know temperature checks don't mean shit. But he yes. said they handed out masks at the door and they did temperature checks. Now, a couple of obvious notes about this. Number one, I've seen pictures and some video footage like I'm sure you have, Sean. Of course. Uh, people were crammed in like sardines. There was no social distancing. They were not wearing masks. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, one of the concerts that he did was in Sturgis during the bike rally. That's getting all kinds of attention in the news because tens of thousands of people have congregated into Sturgis, uh, South Dakota for the bike rally. No social distancing, no wearing masks, no, you know, paying attention to any any guidelines at all. And that's one of the that's one of the uh, cities that he worked. Yes. And so uh, this is a big problem, man. I mean, it is. And and 
I look at I, I look at Jericho like he he has historically been a professional guy when it came to dealing with promoters. Like he he always gave Vince McMahon a heads up. He said so himself about working a New Japan show or whatever. I'm sure he probably gave Tony Khan a heads up that he was going to do those Fozzy concerts. And assuming that he did, and you shouldn't assume, but assuming that he did, uh, that to me spotlights again one of the problems with Tony Khan. Yeah. And one of the problems with Tony Khan, and I'm not going to call him a money mark, but certain wrestlers get a shit ton of freedom and it's no secret when it yeah. comes to Tony Khan and Chris Jericho is one of those guys and when you have a guy who number one most of his money comes from AEW so if you think that he made a shit ton of money playing the Iron Horse Saloon in Sturgis South Dakota think again he makes most of his money through AEW he's a featured attraction every week he's in the main event with Orange Cassidy this week for Tony Khan to green light that and to let him do those concerts and put that kind of risk on their roster, especially when he's your main event guy, incredibly irresponsible on the part of Tony Khan and on the part of Chris Jericho. And you know what's going to happen if Jericho tests negative for COVID? He's going to disregard it and he's going to say, see, I told you, nothing happened. It's no big deal. But the fact that there's even a chance that he could test positive and that he could potentially spread it around the locker room and you could potentially lose your featured attraction for at least two weeks because he wanted to do some concerts in front of 200 people – massive massive irresponsibility and this is a, this is a long-standing problem with tony khan it wouldn't even shock me if he, if, if tony khan let them use his jet you know what i mean okay so well it's, I, it's, I don't want to speculate that problem. that's a little too speculatory let me for speculate me. then because you want to be the journalist and i don't have to be so i don't give a shit about being a journalist i'm a wrestling media shit poster at this <laughs> okay. point but like i don't want to speculate on that there's literally nothing to indicate that they used tony Khan jet for something like that i didn't say they did i just suggested they might have that's like the episode of south park where where cartman is running against wendy in the school president and he's like wendy is such a slut and she'll sleep with anybody to get to the top and then he goes or will she see i asked i didn't say it i asked that's what you just did but, yes, that's what I, that's exactly what I just did. Yes, Same it exact is. thing. <laughs> Who will Tony Khan sleep with to get <laughs> Chris Jericho to a concert? Tony Khan will sleep with anybody to be their friend, or will he? Yes. Uh, that's basically so what you're suggesting it I just is said. massively irresponsible for sure. I do think that Chris Jericho has earned those freedoms, some freedoms. I don't know that Tony Khan is – approving or denying individual dates i would imagine that's something oh and i'm I sure jerry tells well i mean i would imagine that that was probably written into his deal to begin with like hey i'll keep my wednesdays clear i'll keep my saturdays every so often clear i'll keep the tapings clear but i i don't know how much how much there there can be how much heads up is given i mean i, I don't know i can try to find out but yeah i think it's massively irresponsible and i think a lot of the Quite frankly, it's why that we're in the situation we're in. It's because people don't take it seriously enough. And as you mentioned, North and South Dakota have low numbers. Yeah, of course, their houses are two friggin' miles away from each other. Nobody lives <laughs> there. But a lot of people are going there right now. Oh, I've seen pictures of the crowds in Sturgis. Man, it's nuts. Yeah, it's insane. No? And uh. I, I thought it was ill-advised. I thought it was dumb. And it passes from person to person to person to person to person to person i'm uh, i'm just so exhausted and i know the thing is it, i, it I hate it i hate it when i get on facebook and i see people say well, yeah i'm sick of this when somebody posts of it well you know what i'm fucking sick of it too but i would rather people not die me being sick of it is not sure. more important than somebody else's life whether i know them or not 
I don't care if they're 70. I don't care if they're 80. Like, all and of I got to tell you, like I, I put myself in Tony Khan's shoes a lot when it, when it comes to certain business decisions. And Vincent Man too. If I'm Tony Khan and I know I'm paying Chris Jericho a shit ton of money. He's getting paid a shit ton of money oh, by yeah. AEW to work one show a week. And he's a featured guy every single week. He's in the main event this Wednesday, live on, on, on TNT. If I'm Tony Khan and I see footage of Jericho and Sturgis, South Dakota, I'm pissed. Like I am. And, I, and I'd, be, I'd be calling him and saying, is whatever hell you got for that show, 10 grand or whatever the hell you got for that show, is that really worth it? When I'm paying you three, four million a year to work one day a week, like use your fucking he, head. I don't think he's getting three, or four million a year. Yes, he is. He said it's the highest contract he's ever had. And if you look at the kind of numbers that top guys make in WWE, and he says this is the highest contract he's ever had, he's got to be making at least three. He's got to be maybe downside. Well, they're, they're, they don't do a, uh, any kind of pro of, of commission based stuff. They're well, all I know, I know. I'm just saying his downside, his guarantee might be more than what his guarantee was in WWE before he got all the like supplemental stuff. I don't know. I think I he's know. making seven figures. Oh, for sure, he's making seven week. figures. Uh, like, D- I, I really think it's irresponsible. DJ Cast says thoughts on Seth Rollins' comments on fans not being not uh, being able to wait on long term storylines. Um, I think it is – Good news, Sean. Sorry to cut you off. That was on the list of Jimmy Mann, and I can read you the quote. I, I, so uh, Yeah, I it think it's interv- indoctrinated bullshit is what I think. Well, it was an interview with the Gorilla Position podcast. He was asked about long-term storytelling. He said that fans don't have the patience for it anymore. He is a WWE corporate shield to the end. I mean, that's what Seth Rollins is. That's the reason why his his uh, babyface run didn't last because of all this cheesy kind of shit that he does, uh, which is great for him now as a heel, quite frankly. But he was he was kind of defending WWE being week to week, and this is a quote he said: "When you can binge watch your favorite series in two days as opposed to two months, it creates a different precedent in how to intake your entertainment." Uh, and so. All I got to say to that is, and I would love to be able to ask this to Seth Rollins, if that's the case, why do people still tune in in big numbers for live episodes of their favorite shows? If that's the case. If that's the case, why did Game of Thrones draw in excess of 10 million viewers a week for HBO, including almost 14 million for the finale? If that's the case, why didn't people just wait until Game of Thrones was over and then just binge watch the whole thing in two days? And admittedly, some people do, but who's binge watching Raw? Who's binge watching three? You can't binge watch Raw because it takes you all goddamn day to watch an episode of it. Three hours (laughs) long. Yeah, I mean, WWE does not book uh, week to week because of viewer habits. They're really stretching if they really believe that. And Seth Rollins is stretching if he believes that. They're booking week to week because Vince McMahon is indecisive and disorganized. That's why. And and so it's 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 nonsense what Seth Rollins and said. And WWE nonsense. has one of the best video package departments and production departments in the world. When they're not zoom 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 camera cut camera cut shake shake all that shit. When they're they're worried about producing things, they can catch people up on these stories. They're very good at that. It's weird, right? Right. I want to uh, talk about a couple more things related to AEW. The first one is. Uh, Kevin O'Reilly. This has gotten some press. I don't think it's going to be the big deal that some are making it out to be. Uh, I mean, Dave Meltzer, quite frankly, he was practically crying on his podcast about what what big news this was. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. But anyway, Kevin O'Reilly, the president of TNT, TBS, and True TV, he's the guy responsible for putting AEW on TNT. He's the guy that Tony Khan first pitched the idea to 
uh, at that party that you know Tony Khan's talked about. Uh, Kevin O'Reilly is leaving Warner Media as part of a corporate restructuring. They're laying off like 600 people mm-hmm. due to a lot of it due to COVID, and and he's one of the casualties. Cody uh, Cody Rhodes addressed it on Twitter. Somebody said to Cody Rhodes, "Oh no, you know Kevin O'Reilly. He was kind of like the 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 force behind getting you guys on television, and he's leaving." Cody Rhodes said, uh, "There's a great it's a great partnership between AEW and TNT." Thus, the three-plus-year extension, which is the first time I've heard anybody mention the number of years yeah. on the extension. Oh, it's it's been out there. Oh, it has been out there three years? Okay. Uh, but uh, that's what he said. And I agree because they're drawing good numbers. They're drawing good demo numbers that they're looking yeah. for. And outside of AEW and basketball, TNT's got nothing going on. And so why would they – the only way that they could possibly ever lose that, that slot – is if a new guy came in that just despised wrestling that much that he didn't want it to be part of his network. Otherwise, yeah. I think the numbers speak for themselves. So I don't think they have to worry about uh, about anything happening. And just so you know, that, that was widely known, the extension through 2023. Oh, that it was? was okay. That was out in, in January. Uh, but, I mean... Also, I do agree with Dave Meltzer's take. I saw you know a lot of people were ripping, oh, well, AEW's getting... You can't say less than half viewers anymore. You can't say that anymore. But the demo is important to advertisers. And when you've got TNT paying the amount of money they're paying for AEW to beat Raw in the demo, that's a deal for TNT. That is a deal for TNT. So good on AEW there. But, you know, you do hate to see any corporate restructuring because I saw a lot of people, you know, everybody does love to, to draw the comparisons to WCW. And with fair reason, with plenty of good reason, when you got Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross yeah. and Eric Bischoff popping up and Arn and Tully and all these WCW guys, it's, it's, true. it's natural. They And I think it's okay to lean on that nostalgia a little bit, but corporate restructuring it often gets the blame game for WCW. I, I highly recommend Guy Evans' book, uh, his Nitro book, it's unbelievable, one of the best wrestling books I've ever read, where he talks to a lot of people in Turner about how restructuring did affect all this. But here's the hoping that that doesn't affect AEW, but also Turner doesn't own AEW. And right. at this point, if you are other networks and you see AEW drawing that kind of a demo for that price, that might be attractive as well. So I think sure. AEW is doing pretty well for themselves. This is a different situation than than what WCW was in. I agree, because you're right. They did own it, and so instead of them, them yes. going elsewhere, you just fold it up. Yeah, you're right. Um, one other thing about AEW, I just saw this today. We're doing this on August 12, and this was sent to me on Twitter by at Cubs underscore WR. <laughs> did you see the Ray Phoenix punches in his dark match this week against Lee Johnson. Did you see that spot? I watched dark, but it's one of those things that I have on in the background because now it's not an hour long. It's like friggin' two hours, hour and a half. But no, I didn't. So initially, I kind of was a little surprised Ray Phoenix was on dark. I mean, I realize they're not doing a lot with yep. him right now. And, and, you know, he's been coming and going and whatever. And he's not in a program. That's fine. But he's such an elite level athlete in the ring. Part of me was surprised until I saw that spot. 
And when I saw that spot, I thought to myself, you remember one of the criticisms of AEW when they started was they're taking too many guys that don't have television experience or weekly television experience yes. and throwing them into the spotlight. And that was one of the one of the criticisms, whereas WWE was careful. Even if you were a Finn Balor with 10 years of experience, they still wanted you to learn TV. Yeah. There's Ray Phoenix. In case anybody hasn't seen it, go on YouTube, look up this week's edition of AEW Dark, Ray Phoenix against uh, Lee Johnson. I think it was about four and a half minutes into the mm-hmm. into the video. Ray Phoenix, for some reason, doesn't recognize that the cameraman is about a foot away from him. Somehow doesn't recognize it. He's got the guy kind of in a headlock, and he's supposed to be throwing punches to his head. But he's going like this, throwing him at his arm like this, at his own arm. Mm. Like this. That, that shouldn't happen in general. Not just, and I mean, here's the thing. It's taped. Yes. It's taped. That cannot happen. And here's the thing. You just never do that in general, whether it's rolling or not. You work your damn punches. He's been on TV for 10 years. For It was really bad. He's been on AAA and Lucha Underground and AEW and all these places. I feel like even Impact for a long... Yeah, Impact for a long time because the Lucha Brothers were there. Ten years, man. That is a rookie mistake. That is something you do bad. when you're playing wrestling. I'm going to yeah. have to go back and watch that. Go back and watch it. And, uh, I mean, from his position, because uh, he was trying to hide it from the referee, and from his position, the referee was kind of behind him, but the mm-hmm. camera was in his face from his a- position. AEW, that's my main complaint with them, is that there's a lot of stuff that is taped... That makes the air that shouldn't make the air. And hey, right. WWE does it too, because uh, I know I'll have people say, what about WWE? That Naomi Lacey spot should not have made TV. Right. And yes. I get it. Sometimes a fight is sloppy. That, that just shouldn't have made air. They, they can refilm Baron Corbin hitting a perfect spine buster on Otis four times, but they right. can't refilm that. AEW can't refilm that. Yeah, they can. I mean, I've got a story up on Select right now about how there was heat on Sammy Guevara. Because of how he threw that chair into, into Matt's face. And everybody's like, bro, taped show. Taped show, man. You don't have to do that. And you don't have to do that live either. That's that's my main criticism of AEW. Besides how the women are not used is uh-huh. a lot of stuff makes air that should not make air. Yeah, well, that was a really, really ugly spot. And uh, I was going to talk about the Matt Hardy thing uh, later, but we'll talk about it now. So that was Let's talk about it behind the paywall. I got some news up on that on Select. They can oh, pay. You, oh, you have, yeah. a, you have additional stuff up? Yeah, okay, okay. yeah. Uh, Evan Wright says, can we talk about the Marco Stunt Razor's Edge? I have not seen that. I need to see that. Uh, with the, the women's show going right now, it's been hard for me to, to keep up. And plus, I've got a crazy busy week, but I want to see that. Who was it? Marco Stunt performing it, or getting, or or being given the move to by somebody else? I hope it's him doing it to somebody. How would I that hope. even? How would that even work logistically? I hope. I watched a Kidman Mysterio match from '99 for a review with with Throwback, and one of the things that stood out was like when Kidman was in there, he's like, "Okay, I got Ray in here. I'm gonna hit him with big power bombs," and I'm like, "Why not?" Because just because some old timer from the '80s was like. Oh, well, you're not big enough to do that. Well, no, if he can pick him up, he's big enough to do it. So if if Marco... Who on pick, the roster could Marco Stunt hit with the razor's edge? I wonder if he could get John Silver, because John Silver's... He's a thick boy. He's Yeah, who was built. talking about... Somebody, somebody said that in an interview. Uh, it was uh, Cardona. That's right, Cardona. Right. Cardona. But, uh, right. yeah, that would that would be an interesting one. Evan Wright says, Omega Page proves his terrible take wrong IMO. I don't know... Oh. 
the the the, the Rollins long term story. Yes, I'm sitting here. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Waiting. Waiting for Omega and Paige to split. Right. Paige has been teasing a split with the Elite, Jimmy, for a year. A long time, yeah. For a year. If they would have stretched out MJF and Cody... I would have been fine with that. Not their feud, their split. Yes, like there's I agree. A, there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff. Ole Davis fan asks if he can get a jam that jam from you. No, no, he's not going to support Wrestle Talk. He's if anything, Jimmy's going to scream "fuck that fuck" hashtag FTF. So let's talk about retribution. One Do of we these have to. Well, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts. I've, I've I've already heard some of it, but I've heard about rumors of a swerve and all this crap on the internet. Hold on, so, I'm throwing I'm throwing stuff at my desk. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. That was a well, coaster is, with my initials on it. This is uh, it's cute. This is one of the big new angles that I think Vincent Man is doing because you know the catalyst for all the shareholders grilling them about ratings and about creative. Yep. So first on Friday, they kind of pull a nexus. You know, they take over the end of the show. For some reason, they're using a chainsaw on the ropes, which was really silly. But they, they take over the show and everybody's running and whatever. They did a Nexus, whatever. Yeah. They really kind of pulled the reins back on Monday. And all they did was throw a couple of cinder blocks for no like – the first one, fine. The second one, I don't know. And then uh, they, they, they're, they're, they're kicking a card that was already flipped over. For all we know, they came across it, just started kicking it. Like, who knows? Here's the thing, man, like, as a youngster, I liked tearing shit up a lot. You. I loved it. Destroying stuff was very fun to me. Not things that anybody used. Uh Uh-huh. But just things. And let me tell you. So you're not admitting to any any criminal activity right now? No criminal activity will I ever admit to. But... The first cinder block through, it's like, all right. And I thought they were throwing the second one through so they could break in. I thought they safe. were going to go through another window, yeah. I was like, it's so dorky. And the way that they're like, yeah! Uh. <laughs> they look like middle schoolers in an 80s movie. They like, did. They it's so corny. Like high schoolers. Yeah, and they're they're kicking the, the, the car. Oh, yeah, I'm showing you. <laughs> okay. So, Jimmy, you know that when people do the, oh, he's so small, how could he beat up somebody? I hate that argument. It's stupid. It's been proven wrong in MMA for decades and decades and decades now. However, God, and I hope I don't bury the person that, that was under the mask. No, no offense. Go back and watch that SmackDown thing. That guy who was so short he waddled towards the camera got up in the face and was like, this is our house now! And I'm like, and I said, like, yeah, until somebody put something on the top shelf. Then, oh, that's, oh, that's not nice. And I, I'm not a short joke guy. I know I'm very tall. Uh-huh. I'm very tall. But I hate, 
they don't seem like it's a threat or they don't oh god so let so, me ask you this so so one of the on. rumors I, I saw a, a chat that was so good that wasn't a super chat <laughs> and i gotta read it retribution is called the new aces and five foot eight isn't that cute <laughs> isn't that cute I mean, let me just say this. So there's rumors, and I don't know where this rumor started, uh, and I don't know if there's anything to it, but there's rumors that this is just a swerve, like that this this group is just supposed to be a distraction before the real group comes in. That's the rumor. And my answer to that is I don't know if Vince McMahon is capable of doing something that sophisticated. Like I just don't have faith in him coming up with something like that. I think that I think that maybe these guys are placeholders. Maybe they haven't decided who's going to be under all the masks. But I don't know if they're necessarily a swerve. Like, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, they are supposed to be placeholders. I know that for sure. And um, there were people that were supposed to be on Raw that were not on Raw. But um, I don't know if it's if it's a rumor as much as it's a it's a hope that right. these people are are a swerve because that's that's what I would love. I would love to see champa and chelsea green and maybe vanessa Bourne if they're going to debut her and die jack and somebody else show up and beat the living shit out of these people mm-hmm. and say you all can't keep your house clean so we're coming to do it for you type of thing but then it doesn't make any sense who sent them why haven't they been arrested what the hell's going on here that's the big one too why haven't they been arrested like they're 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 flat out taking part in this activity how are police not being called you and know? that's the thing. They would have to imply, oh, well, maybe it's Shane, maybe it's Vince, maybe it's Stephanie that sent them, and that's the only reason why. But then, like you said, why? For what and, reason? And then why? And then it's like, okay, hey, we we had the Hurt Business popping up on Raw Underground last week. Where are they? Okay, what are they doing? Why couldn't those three badasses just beat the shit out of these dorks? Right, right, right. Yeah, and, and it, Raw Underground was the other thing I was going to bring up because um, I really feel like on Raw, everything took a step backwards mm-hmm. uh, with Retribution and with Raw Underground. And again, w- w- we harp on Vincent Man a lot, but this is w- this was to be expected. He comes up with an idea. He starts to lose his interest. He forgets. He moves on. That's That's what he does. But we were very optimistic about Raw Underground in week one, even though the camera work was shit and Dabakato was kind of a question mark. At least there was optimism because the Hurt Business came in at the end and it seemed like, okay, this could be a good vehicle for them. Week two, they're nowhere near Raw Underground. And aside from Shayna Baszler, I really like Shayna Baszler's involvement. I liked having women involved in it. Shayna Baszler is the ideal woman on the roster to be in that environment. So that was cool. Outside of that, nothing of note happened on Raw Underground. Dabakato's grabbing the guy's balls for whatever reason. Oh god! And, and, Crush that and I sack. Just, yeah, it just they they went so backwards, and I was disappointed, quite frankly, because the idea of the hurt business using that as a as a you know criminal racket, which was again I think just online hope, like you said, no 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 merit to it, but at least that sounded interesting. And instead, it was just Shane McMahon smiling, holding the microphone, like it, nothing really of note happened. And so now I'm not optimistic for for week three after so, that. Oh, by the way, I've got a lot to kind of unpack here, but the Shayna thing, I loved. I think she should have beat up a man. I think she should have beat up two men. She could do that, yep. I think you should have had two no-names across the ring from each other right? in the corner. Shayna gets in, steps right in front of the other one, or one of them, and he's like, hey, what, what the hell are you doing? She beats him up, taps him out. The other guy comes up like, hey, that was supposed to be my match. He gets beat up, too. Uh, you do the three-woman thing after, and then have her 
face off with Dabakato next week or something. Because this week's sucked. Um, Arturo Ruiz has a good background, and he's got a shoot background. His stuff looked worse than anybody's. The punches looked bad. The wheel kick was so bad they had to change a, a camera cut on it. I had heard that they got their, their footing this week, but it didn't seem like it. didn't seem like it to me. And footing I, in terms of what? Filming it. Oh, it's I, I, that's, that's what I it wasn't heard. as bad. There, there weren't 79 cuts in two minutes. Yeah, but there, was, there were 182 still... in the Bianca Belair Zelina match that went six minutes. I counted or tried to you, count. You counted. I Did counted. You really? I counted them. Did 100- you use your fingers for that? Just, no, I, I can count two. in my head, Jimmy. Uh, we don't. <laughs> you're probably counting in metric up there or something. You're like, but anyway, <laughs> Hannah Moore. Uh, back to retribution. Boy, do I have a good story about this. But Hannah Moore says, "I can't wait to tell us Dijak was one of the guy, or them to tell us Dijak was one of the guys with his legs folded in half." And Throwback Twenty Seven says. There's no retribution or salvation for this gimmick. It doesn't make sense. The hacker was a better idea than this. But then yeah. throw, throwback, yeah, the hacker was a better idea, and it this was. should be something like that. Like I don't know, maybe he hired these goons on Fiverr or something. But throwback uh, didn't send a super chat for this, but I wanted to point it out. He says, "Full sale." Put a tweet out saying they are fully committed to the safety of their staff. Now this was them completely ignorant to the storyline that was yes. going on, yes. and. It, it was because somebody tweeted about all the kidnappings and all that stuff. Jokingly, too. Like Jokingly. Jokingly. Yeah. I assigned an article to Jeremy Lambert, and WWE asked us to pull it. Are you kidding? They asked us to pull it, and I did for a good reason. Because normally I'd be like, piss off. It's because they didn't want people to Google full sale and think there were actual kidnappings there. And I was like, okay, I get it. I understand that. Uh, you should you should have said give me Becky Lynch in a in a thirty minute interview and then I'll pull your stupid uh, your stupid article. I got something coming, but oh okay okay I got go. something coming. But I understood it. I understood it for that because of all the shit going on right now. I mean, human trafficking is a pretty big topic right now. So I it was I, still pretty funny. It was yes. it was pretty funny how like I was talking to a buddy yesterday that does not follow wrestling, but he's a very political guy. So I told him the story about when uh, Vincent Man's limo blew up, yes. and Donald Trump called Vincent Man thinking he was legitimately hurt. Yes, I told him that story, and then as a follow up, I showed him the screenshot of that tweet from Full Sail University. And uh, yeah, just what can you say? Yeah. Completely unaware. Whoever and and you got to remember, this is only one person. Whoever manages their social media. It was that person, so you yes. can't necessarily blame the entire school. You yeah. know what I mean? And and I got it. Like when if WWE hits us up about something ridiculous, I mean, we're not gonna pull it. And I even told Jeremy, don't delete the article, unpublish it, and rework it. That way, the terminology is a little bit different. Because if I if this were four years ago and I didn't know about Google SEO, well, then I would probably think a little bit differently and maybe maybe would have been a little more brash about it. But I saw where they were coming from. This this wasn't just a frivolous, we don't like that story, so you pull it type of thing. This was, hey, you know, human trafficking's in the news quite a bit right now, and we really don't want people to think that people are actually getting abducted at full sale. So I get it. I understand it. Um, we have several super chats. Evan Wright says, if the long-term tr- plan is to turn Shane into Dario Cueto and Baba Tunde, Daba Kato, is his Matanza, I'm fully invested that would be that would be best case scenario. That'd be best case scenario. By the way, I've got an interview with Matanza coming on Friday. Jeff Cobb uh, talking New Japan. 
talking a little WWE and AEW too. He reveals why he hasn't been back to AEW. Throwback says, have Shayna face the other two horsewomen. They're not doing anything at the moment. I, I think that'll be like New Day. They won't uh, have them face off with each other because they, they eventually want to get to that four horsewomen, four, four horsewomen match. Even as a throwaway, it's a match that's had buzz for too long. They to still just... want it. They st- they still intend to do that. Oh, they, they still hope to do. They that. still hope. I'll right. say that. And okay. Michelle Haskins says, with WWE's bad creative ratings and overall direction of the company, where do you see WWE in five to ten years? Do you think we're going to get an upswing, Jimmy, or do you think it'll keep going down? Keep going. Really? Uh, so so long as Vince McMahon is in charge, yeah, I don't see anything changing. The only the only thing again is and and. You can go on about how there's a lot of reasons for WWE being where they're at. And it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. I actually Googled when did Raw go to three hours because I couldn't remember exactly when it was. And it was 2012, so almost a decade ago. That, to me, really sped up the decline is when Raw went to three hours Mm -hmm. because the product just became so saturated. Everybody says it's hard to watch three hours. So that kind of – that contributed, but – there's, there's reasons outside of WWE. I mean, there's a lot of other content for people to ingest and whatever. But ultimately, it comes down to creative. And until Vince is uh, not in that position, there's no reason to think anything's going to change. Yeah, and um, I, I agree. Like, here's the thing. The first couple of years of three hours, I, I was on board because I got, like, 30-minute Shield matches. And there was there was a wealth of talent. I mean, that's before... The Shield split up. That's when the Wyatt family were white hot. That's when CM Punk and Alberto Del Rio were having killer matches. And the the Usos were coming into their own. We ain't there anymore. And I think the next TV deal will end up seeing uh, WWE having Raw negotiated down to two hours, I think. I think that's that's where we'll go. Uh, I disagree. I think it. I think it will. Um, I disagree. The, the the reason I disagree is because obviously sometimes, sometimes, all the time, money trumps everything, uh, and it, and sometimes it shouldn't, and it does. And back when they made Raw three hours, uh, you and I weren't doing uh, Fightful yet, but I remember at the time thinking this is a mistake because this, the products could become saturated. There were rumors when Fox came into the picture that SmackDown was going to go to three hours, mm-hmm. and I thought. Awful decision yes. they do that. Awful decision. The product is so saturated, and and uh, and when you look at long term, you're taking short term financial gain at the expense of long term. And I felt that at the time. The problem is to USA that third hour of Raw still does better than almost anything they have. Sure. That's the problem. That that and, is. And, and 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 so there, there's two sides to the coin. On the one side, USA still likes the viewership, even though it's it's not what it once was. On the other side of the coin, WWE needs the revenue because they have to appease shareholders. And yeah. if you take that third week out or the third hour out, they're not going to be getting as much on the TV deal as they would be otherwise, and that's going to piss off their shareholders. So for those reasons, I don't see them dropping it. It's it's an element of diminishing returns too, because it's like how much better would their viewership be? If yes. they didn't have that third hour, and you have to weigh that and say, I agree with you. How much hotter would our show be if we didn't dilute it so much? I agree with you, and and that that should have been the mindset from the very beginning. But on, again, unfortunately, Vincent Man was like, "Oh, we're going to get this much money," and and in Vince's mind too. I don't know if he if he recognized the decline. Yeah, and uh, I completely agree with you. I think that if Raw had stayed two hours for the last eight years, the mm-hmm. numbers would be better than where they are. I think. 
Reminder, guys, leave us a thumbs up whether you're watching live or uh, after the fact. Make sure you subscribe. That stuff helps us out a lot. Donate those Super Chats as we wrap up this show. Get your questions in. And, hey, go buy one of those Dong Lord shirts so Jimmy won't be so upset. Yeah, we're still way away from the promises that everybody in the live chat had. You know what we should he's, do? He's threatening to release me during a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. We should go back and look at the live chat and then call out the names of the people that said they were going to buy yeah, it. If you want to do that, <laughs> you go ahead. I got the shirt made, and that's all that matters. Maybe By the way, guys, true. I dropped the FTR interview today. But uh, not just me. Shaquille Missouri has started on our MMA side. Follow him at Fight Shack Fight. He's dropped three interviews this week ahead of UFC 252, including one that I love, Vince Pichel. I-, I love when people in MMA step outside and they're willing to talk some shit, quite frankly, because MMA headlines traditionally have been real boring. Like, I don't care that much about how somebody's training camp went. What I care about is hearing Vince Pichel, Pichel call Michael Bisping a dumbass and call him a super biased commentator. Go check out that interview. Subscribe to Fightful MMA. What else you Didn't got? Didn't Shaq get Tito too? Tito Ortiz? He, uh, Yeah, Tito Ortiz in the uh, UFC 252 fighter prediction videos. We've got... Uh, Tito Ortiz, Gilbert Burns, a ton of great people predicting the winner of this weekend's uh, Cormier-Miocic fight. If you guys are not hanging out in our live coverage of those, we got like thousands of comments over there. It's wild. I don't know if Shaq is doing a watch-along for that, but uh, he's got a lot of bold plans, and I'm like, hey, man, have at him. What's the consensus for that fight? There is none. There is so there's none. not. So people are not leaning more one way than the other? No, no, not necessarily. No? Okay, okay. Interesting. I think uh I think DC is going to recapture the title. Okay. I I would be I I'm 50-50 on that one, man. Yeah, I the reason I think it and I mean no disrespect to Steve Miocic and I know this isn't an MMA podcast, I don't want to bore anybody. I'll keep it high level. But with all due respect to Steve Miocic, Daniel Cormier is a very intelligent fighter. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying Steve is not. Yeah. But Daniel Cormier is a very intelligent, a high-level intellect for a fighter. Uh, and I think that he recognized what he did wrong the last time. Now, granted, his cardio was probably a big problem because he was overweight. Yeah. But I think he recognized his mistakes, uh, and I think he's going to correct them. And I think uh, he's going to re- recapture the title, and then I think he's going to retire as champion. Listen That's to these betting guess. lines, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> five Dimes has Daniel Cormier at a minus 115, Miocic at a minus 105. That's how close wow. this fight is. I can't wait for it. I'm stoked for it. Interesting. And I was going to talk about DC later, but we'll talk about it now. Um, If this is his last fight in the UFC, do you think there is a future for him in pro wrestling? Yes. You do. Especially as a color commentator, too. Now, I'm not not talking about the potential. I'm talking about a legitimate, do you think he wants to do it? Do you think WWE wants him? That kind of thing. I think he'd do appearances. I don't think he'd do a full run. Also, I wonder how he feels during the pandemic because I, I who no no end in sight to me for safety as far as getting out of that performance center. And his he, wife's pregnant, I think. I think he's already in Florida too. I okay. think he, I think his I, wife's pregnant. So yeah, so I, I think there is a future for him. I think it's it's too right there to to not do. But then again, people said that about Tito and King Mo and Rampage and how those all work out. It's yeah. it's easy for people to like pro wrestling and seem like they'd transition. Ten years ago, if you would have told me Matt Riddle 
would be one of the biggest breakout stars to cross over, we would all looked at you like you were dumb. Like, nobody thought Matt Riddle was going to become a big wrestling star. You're right, but I think a lot of people thought Ronda Rousey would. Yeah, and she did. And she, but, was, she was amazing. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, that was uh, Shayna kind of pushing her towards that. A few years, if she had never met Shayna Baszler, she never would have. Right, right. She probably wouldn't have followed it, yeah. Well, you know, I... I I never used to be a big fan of Cormier, and quite frankly, um, I was kind of on the bandwagon of thinking John Jones was the real champion when they had their fight, and that, and that Cormier was a paper champion at the time. He's really grown on me yeah. because uh, he, he is a great ambassador for the sport. He's one of these guys who never really does any scandalous, never gets in trouble. He's like a great face for the company, and uh, and he's also been very respectful of pro wrestling, never yeah. sits on pro wrestling. He really knows pro wrestling. He knows the inside. He's really grown on me, and I think that he could be uh, really good if he decided to do something. Yeah, I agree. Uh, also, some other examples. Paige Van Zant. everybody thought she was going to be a big in, been in wrestling. She's not even big in MMA. Chris Cyborg, everybody's like, oh, she wants to wrestle. She had to ask her manager who Becky Lynch was when we interviewed her once. Are you serious? Really? Yeah. She's like, oh, is that, is that the one with the red hair? Is that her? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Didn't even know that, and she, and she was thinking, oh, I might like to get into wrestling. Didn't even know that. Yep. That's amazing. That's like A Rod uh, saying, "Oh, Hulk Hogan, the orange and red." Yep. Remember that? Yep. <laughs> Man, A Rod. Okay. Anyway, let's uh, let's do stupid people. And after this, if you go to the list, goes on uh, on uh, Fightful Select. We are going to talk about Enzo Amore. We're going to talk about uh, Excalibur's old video that might may or may not have gotten him in trouble. We'll see about that one. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Seth Rollins. Uh, and we might talk about some, uh, some independent news about some of the top independent companies that are getting ready to come back. So check that out and the list goes on afterwards. This is, a, once again, the Not Just Coronavirus edition. And uh, I know Sean Ross Sapp kind of thinks uh, maybe Stupid People has run its course, but I don't care. Oh, I do. I, like it. I, def- I definitely do. And, and then I'll remind you every time that we talk about Vincent Mann not knowing his audience and only doing stuff he wanted to do, and you do the same thing. Yeah, well, the the difference is I don't have to worry about uh, keeping shareholders happy and keeping the stock up, and I don't have to worry about USA and Fox keeping them happy. Yeah, I don't have to worry. You about don't have to worry about frustrated creative talent. <laughs> uh, I think I can. I think I can. Hashtag I can. FTF. Fuck that. Fuck. Yeah. So this first one was sent in by Mark Francis and reported by the <laughs> Rob Report on August the fourth. You, I'm sure you probably heard this one, Sean. A 42-year-old man at a Destin, Florida. His name's Casey William Kelly. He walked into a car dealership, and he bought himself a Porsche 911 Turbo. Paid for it with a cashier's check for about $140,000. Obvious problem. What was it, Sean? Fake check. He made it at home, printed it on his home computer. The shocking thing is that the car lot actually gave him the damn car. <gasps> Yeah, he actually got the car, but <laughs> but the check did bounce. He did get arrested by police, and as it turned out, the next day after he got that car, he went into a jewelry shop and he tried to buy three Rolex watches with another homemade cashier's check. The jeweler knew better, held on to the watches until it cleared. It bounced. Jeweler calls the police. What do the police tell him? Yeah, he's already in custody because oh. he tried to get a Porsche yesterday. And here's the thing that I don't understand. Number one, how do you think for even one second that's a good idea? That's number one. Yeah. And number two, how are you not using fake ID? 
Can, can someone explain that to me? You no. Nobody can explain that to you because it's stupid. Yeah, how do you not use the guy as soon as it bounced? They were able to call oh. the cops, give the guy's name, they could go pick him up like nothing. Oh, I love it. I How love it. Sense? I love it. I really do. So, of course, the guy was in Florida. Of course he was. <laughs> All right, this next one was uh, reported by BuzzFeed. I've got a picture I'm going to show you. Reported by BuzzFeed on August 8th. So, some idiots got together, Sean. And I don't know if this is meant to be a joke, if they're just trying to draw attention onto themselves, or if they really believe in what they're doing. Uh, they created a thing called the FTBA, the Freedom to Breathe Agency. They claim that they are, quote, making sure that people's constitutional rights and civil and federal laws are not broken. They carry around a completely fraudulent bullshit card, and I printed out what the card looks like. And I'll hold it up here. Tell me if I get too close to the camera. But I'll hold it up there while I read this. Uh, this card says that they are face mask exempt. <laughs> idiots. If you deny them access to your business for not wearing a mask, you can be fined up to $150,000. Oh, yeah, I bet. And a video uh, went viral with one of these people telling a store employee after the employee said, hey, you got to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. They said to the employee, uh, you can be sued if you don't let us stay in here. And you can face prison time of three to five years uh, because you're telling us that we shouldn't wear a mask and you're not a doctor. Please, please tell me that that person told them to hit the bricks. The video ended before they had them leave the store. Definitely. But I got to say, I got to say this, Sean. I have never been interested in in in, in having a retail establishment. Yeah. It's never really interested me. For this reason alone, I would love to have a retail shop, and I would love for them to stroll into my store and try to tell me why they shouldn't wear. I would love it, yes. Sean. Love oh, it. Amazing. I would literally open a store just for that, and then as soon as it happened, I'd close the next day. <laughs> Let's get it going. I'll, I'll manage the store. You can pay me a nice salary. I might as well just close it the first day. <laughs> <laughs> this last one is for the SRS file. You're going to like this one. It was reported by the BBC on August 8th. You're going to like this one, Sean. You're going to like it. I just, I know you. So um, I hope I pronounce this right. The Maori people are the indigenous Polynesian people of mainland New Zealand. Mark Hunt is an example. Uh, UFC heavyweight. He's part of that tribe. Uh, a brewery out of Alberta, Canada called Hell's Basement Brewery. They released a brand called Huru Huru, and Huru Huru is supposed to be the Maori word for feather. Yes. And this is a light lager, so that's why they called it that. There was a problem. Any idea what it was? What? It was dark. So the, the brewery used the internet to get the translation. Oh, no. Um, and they didn't consult a specialist, and had they have consulted a specialist, they would have learned that Huru Huru in Maori means pubic hair. <gasps> Amazing. So the brewery got called out by by a Maori specialist, I think out of New Zealand, that heard about the beer and called them out and said, just so you know, uh, you, you're producing pubic hair beer. You can't buy and that so, kind of publicity. Well, they're going to rebrand it. Damn so, it. Yeah, they're rebranding the beer, but that's what happened. I think they should keep the pube brew. We have a couple soup. We have a couple super chats. Allah says, do you think Vince stepping down one day with no trained successor will lead WWE to dark times like many companies with no proper succession planning? Hashtag FTF. No. I, I can answer that question. I can answer that question. So uh, Mark Cuban one time, uh, somebody actually asked me on, on Twitter one day, hey, what, what business books do you recommend? And I told him, I don't, I'm not a book guy and I don't read any of these self-help books or any of that stuff. But one entrepreneur that I really like and respect is Mark Cuban. Yeah. 
Uh, he's my kind of guy. He, he's, he, he does things the way that I would do them, I think. I, I really like him. Mark Cuban one time did an interview, and he was asked about uh, how do you oversee a big company? Like you're one person. How do you oversee a big company? His answer was I surround myself with people who have experience in certain areas. And so to answer your question – Vince McMahon is not a financial analyst. Vince McMahon is not an economist. Vince McMahon is not a – he does not have an MBA in marketing. Correct. He relies on certain people to carry certain departments. And so, so long as you've got a guy like Triple H – and Triple H, I think, has learned a lot, mm-hmm. uh, including how to be a corporate shill and how to spew bullshit. <laughs> but he's learned a lot, and so long as he has the, the wrestling aspect. Vince McMahon was not – he did not come out of the womb a business guy. You know yeah. what I mean? He came. He, he was the son of a promoter, of a wrestling promoter, and he kind of learned all the corporate stuff as he went along. Triple H, I think, could do the same thing. Triple H knows the wrestling business. He understands the creative side. He has a president, and he has a, a, a CMO, and he has a whatever that can handle the certain corporate aspects that they need. So I think they'd be fine. We're going to wrap it up with a few super chats. Throwback says, what does Jimmy think about the Red Sox jersey? Was well worth seeing Sean in it. Made my day wicked. I don't think Jimmy is hip to that. I don't. Well, I, I'm, I'm from. I've heard the story, but I don't think I've seen a picture of you actually wearing it. It was on the the Raw podcast, but I gotta say, I, Throwback needs to let me know where he got that. I can't remember where he got that because my wife loved it. Like she oh, loved okay. the like not necessarily Red Sox, just seeing the, the name on the back there was very cool. So she was. She what did was it say? Did, did it say like Raw Sap on yeah. it or something? Yeah. Is it Raw Sap on yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Singry Vampire sends a nice super chat with a. Keep it up, emoji. Ern Vazquez says, The listen to your boy more entertaining than raw. Fact. Yeah, that's that goes without saying, but thank you. And our boy Throwback, check him out on Tuesdays. He says, Just saying thank you guys. You make the days at work and or home fun. I'm grateful for Fightful making an impact in my life. It's helped with my mom stuff last year. You guys are awesome. I do my show for my mom in her memory. Thank you. Well, hey, thank you very much. And I'm glad that any of that, even even sad stuff could help you lead to us and Help us become friends. Definitely appreciate that. But guys, leave a thumbs up. Make sure you guys subscribe. Jimmy, anything else as we wrap up? The last thing I wanted to say on a positive note for a change, I love the Randy Orton, Ric Flair segment from Raw. I loved it. Randy Orton is awesome. I think this is the best he's ever been in in terms of an overall performer. Loved it. Loved it. Ric Flair's performance, probably the best since since his retirement match with Shawn Michaels in terms of his performance. Mm Mm-hmm. I uh, loved it, and and uh, I've, I've talked before about the greatest heels are the ones that believe that what they're doing is right. Yep. No matter how treacherous it is, those are the greatest heels. Randy Orton explained why he did, he hated Ric Flair before he punted him. Awesome. That was great. I loved it. I loved yep. it. Guys, until next time, check us out. We're all over the place all the time. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.